0: Welcome to the Spirit for Success podcast with your hosts, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker.
1: Welcome to another Kick-Ass and Sparkly Ladypreneur podcast. With me as always
0: is the beautiful, the pink, the sparkly, the gorgeous, sensational Therese Tucker. Yay! Thank you, my magical unicorn, Rach. (laughs) So Rach has a really cool topic to share with everyone today so i want to just hand it right over to Rach and have her take us into this so go
1: for it yes so we like to talk about things that are currently happening in our lives and whatnot and what's happening in my life right now is that we are going through um, the process of getting our son diagnosed or at least checked out because he is showing quite a considerable amount of red flags for autism or autism spectrum disorder so this is one of those times where life throws you a curveball because this was certainly not on my fucking plan. <laughs> Everything with Jacks—it's never, never on my plan—and <laughs> um, you know, and I wanted to talk about you know how to handle those things and, and share how we've handled it and and know that life does this to everybody. This is not something new. Um, the, the, the type of curveball can differ, and some are, are certainly more just. Dis- devastating than others this one has a level of devastation but certainly not um you know life altering sheer grief sort of devastation and um and yes i i did a post this morning and i'm finding that there are a lot more people a lot more parents um and even people who have the autism or autism spectrum disorder in some way, shape, or form who are adults now that are reaching out and, you know, that fills me full of hope. That gives me a lot of places to start to find out more about this so I can, I can deal with it and I can make a difference. So it's eleven, eleven. Well,
0: of course it is. So mm-hmm. let's talk about
1: curveballs because this, this is a curveball um, and how we deal with those. Therese, you want to throw in some
0: yeah, it's kind of funny that you're bringing up this subject because I just had my son tested this morning. <laughs> we just went through testing for my son, not for autism, but he has delayed speech and uh, his, actually his speech has improved quite a bit. But um, in when he turned three and we had the regular, you know, three-year checkup, the doctor showed concern with how far Back he was in his speech and suggested that we get him tested. It took from last November to this May to get that Mm. testing actually done. So we had that this morning, and I have to say, it does trigger you as a parent to have people going, you know, like your child. At least from the 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 parents' perspective of the child, the child's perfect, in my opinion. You know, this is a gift in my life. My children are my gifts. And to see them as anything less than that, or to deal with the labeling or the boxing of my children is, it is triggering and hard to take, you know, and they're concerned about possibly his hearing and they're concerned about, you know, maybe he needs speech therapy. Um, And of course, being good parents, whatever we need to do, we'll do. For, for the sake of my child, but it, it is difficult, right? To have external judgment <laughs> placed on your child, whether it the, and usually the intention is good, right? They're trying mm. to be helpful. They're trying to be supportive in the way that they know how. Um, and they're help, trying to help you see your child through an external lens, which mm. I have to say, I don't think as parents, we can really do that. I mean, we think we do, but there's a, there are hearts. Our children are our hearts on the outside of our body. So there is a lot of internal association with that. So that right there. Yeah, and there's whatever yeah.
1: And here's, you know, the the other side of that. When something like this is diagnosed or even considered, like I know I didn't really see it as clearly. I thought it months and months and months and months ago when he was like four or five months old. I thought it because he was wasn't doing the eye contact and things that you know, it's been a while since I had a baby, but I remembered some stuff. But otherwise, up until now, I hadn't really been categorizing that as something that was you know, a problem. I just put it down to his quirks. He's very different. I knew he was going to be different coming in. Um, so I hadn't placed the label on him in that way. And it was brought to my attention because there are people who lovingly um, see these things and want the best for us. So um, it then sort of set me on this trip of okay well maybe I need to look at that and then the further I looked into it I realized there was actually quite a lot that were you know red flags in, in this particular point and the one the other thing I want to share is oh, I'm going to try not to cry it's very hard for parents when something like this comes up to not go into is it something that I did wrong and there wasn't there wasn't he did have a traumatic birth um he was stirring in my blood in the in the waters for quite some time and then other videos and things we've seen talk about the age of the father the age of the mother all of that stuff so it is natural that's what I want to share it is natural to go through an initial is there something that I did wrong um, for this to be part of my, my child's life and here's what I want to say to that while I am feeling some of that myself no it's not Because the bigger part of me, the universal part of me, knows that this was part of our journey. However, the reason or whatever happened to give him these unique gifts, it was absolutely meant to be that way. It is part of our journey that we as a soul family signed up for. So doing my best to allow myself, the human part of me, to feel that, and move into the space of complete trust that this was always meant to be, that there are so many gifts in this journey and life would be so fucking boring if, if everybody was normal and the same. Um, you know, where would, where's the juice, where's the, the extra, the source, the, the experiences that expand us as a human being, as a person, as, a, as humanity? Um, yeah, I am going to throw it back to you to
0: show your perspective on that extra little piece. I think it's important that you're acknowledging your human self as well as your higher self because we're multidimensional beings. We're having a, a multidimensional experience here. Of course, your higher self knows it's all connected and it, it's, you know, perfect. on the path and it's, it's perfect as it is. Um, but to deny your human feelings, right? The, fe- the fear of failure, the fear... Of uh, uh, maybe can I handle this? Right, that's got to come up somewhere too. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to self-indulge, but honoring all parts of yourself through any experience, no, regardless of what the experience is, is you know it's a very wise stance to take because that is the key to self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And if you have self-compassion, you have compassion for others. And, you know, when our children present us with um, things out of the ordinary, we're going to need to develop some serious compassion and not just for them, which is what we think it's about. We're going to have to develop some serious compassion for ourselves that I am doing the best (laughs) I I fucking can with what I've been given and that this, these lessons, right? Or not even a lesson, but it is. It is an experience to help us grow. Yeah. It really is. It's like, this is a blessing to help you expand whether you can see it that way, or you can see it as the challenge or the hardship Mm. or the burden or the lesson, however you want to perceive it. Um, But, but I think that the, the higher perspective or the more holistic Mm. perspective is to recognize it's an opportunity as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. It
0: is you know,
1: honouring all parts of that and allowing that to be what it is. Um, because in, if you go into denial of that, and I see this when I do any work with other people, you know, they, they go straight into thinking the positive, like Okay, it's just, it's, it's all the things that I've said, you know, it's a, it's a blessing, it's all of this. But if you don't acknowledge the underlying other stuff that is there, it will always be an undercurrent and it'll get, it kind of festers and grows
0: it, it will play out whether you are acknowledging it or not. The that um, human, mm. that very human, fear based thought process will play out. Right? Mm. You'll be overprotective. You'll be snappy. You'll be defensive. It'll play. I mean, that, that's just some of the ways it could play out. But yes, denying how you feel does not dis- does not um, dissolve it.
1: No, no, yeah. So. One of the things that I've noticed in myself in, in going through, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure every parent that gets any kind of you know, diagnosis of label of any description goes through this, but you know, where before I even thought that this was potentially a possibility for him, you know, I only ever saw his stuff as the, the quirks, the, the uniqueness about him, the beautiful things, all of that sort of stuff. And then when I started to really delve into, okay, what does this look like? What does it mean? Um, I started to look at him through the lens of, that's a symptom for autism Oh, that's another symptom for autism. That's another symptom for autism. And it actually robbed me of enjoying him um, as much as I really wanted to. So, you know, being oblivious to it was actually a gift in itself because I got to really see his uniqueness, his quirks, his, you know, who he is in this moment and enjoy, like I'm constantly entertained by the things that he does and constantly saying to myself, well, what is that about? (laughs) Why does he do that? What? Mm-hmm. He walks around, he puts his head to the side. I'm like, okay, is he trying to see things from a different perspective? You know, that's probably <laughs> a good way to go. So I was enjoying all of that. And, um, and so, you know, I'm sure many people do the same thing, that once there's a label attached, even if it's not confirmed, but you think it might be true, um, to start seeing the child or the person loved one through that label. And I wanted to address, you know, how limiting that is. And it's, it's okay as a, an initial reaction to do that because it's part of the process of acceptance um, and not to feel bad about doing that, but also to remind yourself that, you know, like we said, it's, it is a gift It's it's part of the journey, um, but they are not everything that that label is going to say. And I know he's not. He's not that label. He is way more than that. And if I can stay present to him as an individual then I can stay with him instead of getting caught in the label.
0: Well, and recognizing too that the labeling part of us comes from our mind intelligence. It's how it works. The mind intelligence needs to categorize. It needs to separate and identify. That's what it's doing. Now that's not wrong. Okay. So that's part of who we are, but it's one fourth of our intelligence. So the idea is, you know, part of what's happening there is logic needs to reason this out. What is this that I'm looking at, right? Otherwise, it doesn't understand. So there's a part of the brain that is attaching to labels so that it can understand what it's looking at and what it's dealing with. Um, I feel like what Rach is saying is to activate holistic intelligence, which is the recognition that that label is merely a logical way to identify what you're working with just like if you were you know you wouldn't go up to a tree and start trying to drive it right because this is a tree <laughs> and your brain says this is a tree I've labeled it a tree you need a car <laughs> to drive a car um, it's when we we start overly identifying with that right when when we start limiting ourselves to our mind intelligence and that's all it is which is so not true there's always more there's always more than what the mind sees
1: um mm. i
0: actually want to put out i wanted to read out some of these comments rachel yes. that's okay
1: no i wanted to too i was just waiting to the for the right time
0: um i so thank you tim uh tim is sharing with us some amazing information so he says Rach, my parents uh, when they thought the same thing with me growing up for those who don't know i was born with a congenital amputation of the left arm mom always wondered if Uh, part of it was her fault that I was born this way. All I can say, and I've said this to my own mother, I choose to be this way for some reason, to enrich your life and the world with my own uniqueness. Mm. And that's beautiful. And there's a lot of loving support coming through. Monica says on Facebook, I love you, Rach. Your little angel will show you another level of love that you have never experienced. And it's a beautiful love. He is blessed to have such a, lovely and aware family that he does feel the love feeling the love that's right yeah I mean well we have an amazing community of people here that we're talking to so (laughs) yes (laughs) I have to say (laughs) got a couple of angels in here ourselves but and and I know that you know some of you also have experiences with your own children Tim I think you mentioned your son which please if you feel free please share it um, if anyone else wants to share a story, uh, around their children to have, kind of help expand this topic for us and what we're mm. talking about. Um, I think it's, I think it really is a myth to say that anybody is normal. Maybe oh God. I, I, if 2018 could do anything, let's destroy the <laughs> normal <laughs> because that label is way too broad. It doesn't describe fucking anything.
1: No, and I don't know any child. I mean, I can look at all of my my children, all three of them, and they're absolutely beautiful and they have their own gifts and and they have uniqueness in their own way, and they're they're quirky, they're different they're everything. Um, I just kept saying that you know Jackson's very different, <laughs> but I love his differences. I love his differences, so yeah, there's no I have real to say that
0: normal no and and <clears throat> I do. I do secretly love Tristan's speech impediment. I have to say he says some of the things that are like the just the cutest like he calls food bood, you know, like so it's food. <laughs> now I wanna call it bood. <laughs> you know, and and when you ask him, you know, are you a boy? He says, No, I tristan. I, I, I Tristan. <laughs> like he doesn't quite no grasp I'm a Tristan. <laughs> he's I'm Tristan. <laughs> I just I love the way That Mm -hmm. he expresses himself. And when he really gets going and he starts speaking Tristanese, which is what I call it, where I'm less like, I don't, that's just (laughs) sounds. But it obviously has meaning behind it. What it's doing is it's engaging my brain to like really think past the words. I have to go into my heart and connect to the feeling I'm getting. Like he's excited right now. So it's something good. Or he's frustrated. So he's telling me off right? So I have to connect to the feeling, you know, sign language has become something we have adopted naturally because it's a faster way to communicate between one another, which means that my brain gets to expand too, because as you learn new skills, you get smarter. So Tristan's helping me be a smartest person. (laughs) Yeah, just being Tristan and
1: she's getting really good at translating I hear him talking in the background I've got no freaking clue
0: (laughs) he's talking about blah 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 I'm I'm very good I'm a very good translator (laughs) if he ever works for the UN I'll be I'll be there on the little headset be like okay that's what he said (laughs) <laughs> i'll have a, a built-in job it'll be
1: great but isn't it interesting like as i'm diving into this world and, and looking at more of it you know, thankfully nowadays and there um there's a lot more resources a lot more understanding as to what's going on and, and it's really that their brains just work differently that's really what it comes down to from what i can tell um And, you know, there's plenty of people that I've come across that have shared with me privately that they, looking at the symptoms now, they can see that as a child they were on the spectrum and the struggles that they had growing up because our systems weren't, our school system was not equipped to handle or work with brains that work differently. So with, I'm thankful that you know, these days there is, seems to be a lot more information, a lot more support and systems and things in place to help these children. Now, that said, you know, there are a lot more, or at least we're aware of a lot more children who have these you know, unique brains um, and genius, like they, one of the, the, not symptoms, but one of the typical things is they get fixated on a certain thing and I went looking yesterday to look, I'm like, I want to see some good stories. And I found, you know, lists of celebrities that were on the spectrum. And one of the ones that made me laugh was the guy that created Pokemon. He's on the spectrum. And as a kid, he was absolutely obsessed with bugs, all kinds of bugs, every kind of bug. And so you look at that and go, huh, (laughs) I see how that translated. Um, And so I'm, Part of me is looking forward to seeing what things he gravitates to and how that starts to you know, expand the way that we see things. It was another one, um, the guy who Nightmare Before Christmas, the guy that... Tim
0: Burton? Tim Burton.
1: He's also on the spectrum. No way. No yeah, way. So their brains work differently. And with, I, I feel like this world absolutely needs these brains to work differently because they come up with completely different concepts and ways to see the world, the ways to do like a lot of the geniuses in maths and science and all that are on the spectrum.
0: Well, let's talk about this actually, because the process of mastery, the process of mastery is intention, practice, performance, and it's predominantly practice, which means consistently, consistency, focus, determination, uh, fixated even. Mm-hmm. So these exact. kids become masters quickly yes. because they're naturally prone to hone in and specify on something very specific.
1: Mm. Now, if we right? look at that so as they, a
0: universal plan,
1: so we, mm-hmm. okay, we need to have, you know, big leaps in science. We need to have big leaps in, um, manufacturing and architecture or whatever. So let's give these children this natural genius in that specifically because, you know, I'm a bit more of a jack-of-all-trades. I do focus on things, but I learn a lot, of, a lot of things across the board. I'm not fixated on any one thing. If I was, then I would have absolute genius in that area. And these kids coming in are almost programmed to do that exact thing. So I can imagine, you know, as a universal designer, Putting all of these things in place, they're absolutely meant to, to have that genius to see things progress in leaps and bounds. So that's exciting. That should be exciting that we have these kids coming through with this level of genius and brains. It's all,
0: but it's always been that way too, because I want you to think about it like mm-hmm. this. A garden cannot grow if all the plants are the same. If all the plants mm-hmm. were the same in a garden or in a field of vegetables or something like that, and they would die. Because Mm -hmm. they would all be taking the same nutrients the exact same way, and pretty soon, nothing there. So the best, strongest gardens grow with a multitude of plants and flowers Mm -hmm. because they feed the whole. Mm -hmm. So just like ecosystems, um, when one species becomes dominant, the ecosystem starts to die. It was like, uh, I think I saw that thing about... Uh, the Grand Canyon, was it the Grand Canyon or a national park in the United States where they took out the wolves, just the wolves, because they were worried like it was overpopulated or they were concerned about the wolves. So they removed them and the riverbed started to dry up. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize that the wolves were connected to the river. And the reason why is the antelope were, um, there was too many. They were eating the vegetation, which was causing a dry out of the riverbed and the riverbed shrunk. When they brought the wolves back in, the wolves started eating the antelope. It balanced out, and the river came back. Mm, So we need different humans. We need hybrid species of beings on this planet to ensure this planet's um, success and evolution. Yeah, Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely necessary.
1: And I think that's something that you know we, as a, as humanity, could be doing better with. Is you know not seeing these things so much as a disability and that was the thing that kind of hit me was when this all started to come through there was connections very quickly to um, being able to get funding from the national disability something scheme i'm like oh really it doesn't feel good to have it labeled as a disability because it's not it's just a different ability there we go we're going to change that it's not a disability it's a different ability hmm. that's
0: right there you go you can
1: hashtag that um so, you know, as a society, I think we could do better to start seeing things differently, to start seeing more of the, the, the pros in this and how this is all very, it's all meant to be. Every person plays a part.
0: Absolutely, they do. I mean, there's. see, the thing is nothing is here by accident or mistake. Even those of us who come in and out, right, like they're born and then they go. That is not a fluke. That was not something that uh, was like an afterthought. Everything is by design. In fact, uh, I started watching the the latest episode of Missing Links, which is on Gaia, which I swear to God, by the way, total side note, I think Gaia quoted me, but they just called me Gaia member. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, wait, okay, so no tangents. <laughs> to focus on Missing Links season two, they're talking about the <laughs> I might be. I might be. <laughs> I have a skill for tangents. Okay. <laughs> They're talking about uh, in season two, the, the absolute probability that we are living in a simulated reality. So mm-hmm. what you could take that as computer simulation, you could take it as a genetic simulation. Um, we're living in a simulated reality. And in a, if it was a computer simulation, how many times does a computer mess up? buggy <clears throat> if it's windows oh. <laughs> uh, well i don't think the universe is run on windows 95 so we're saying <laughs> it better be mac <laughs> but the algorithms that our supercomputers come up with are so advanced and detailed and pinpointed that human brains can't even track them. so now imagine mm. a universal type of algorithm right it is so divinely created that every single numeric connection has to happen which means if every single numeric connection was a a physical manifestation of sorts it is necessary to the system to keep going there is no one or zero that is put there by accident like the computer took a coffee break computers don't stop right always going so we are the physical manifestations of some kind of computation of of universal proportion Mm -hmm. we're not accidents we're designed by a system that is that our way we are is necessary for the system to move forward it is absolutely necessary there's no miscalculation Mm -mm. no and i mean think about that uh, around
1: evolution like they talk about if you go with darwin's theory over time each species has uh, had a mutation that has led to them continuing to evolve and stay on the planet. And those mutations initially would have been looked at as, oh, that's a disability or it's a, you know, something that's gone wrong. But then over time to realise that it's become actually a part of the, the change in that species in order for it to continue to survive on the planet. So we can look at these sorts of things as you know, evolutionary jumps for our species to continue to thrive and survive on the planet. And that's a different way of looking at now, it.
0: Now, some things I'm kind of hearing you saying that I want you to recognize, <laughs> and you hadn't made a joke about me being on the spectrum. We're all on a spectrum. That's so true. So stop <laughs> saying that this is the, this person got the special thing. We're all fucking special. I'm going to have to like ride this on you because I love you so much. Good. There, there is no normal here. You're not right. normal. And I think there's a lot of life experiences you've had that can kind of prove that. As a... <laughs> well, I accept Nobody that. Nobody here is normal. Nobody Ugh. here is normal, right? And, and normal is, I don't even want to call it like a bad word. It's just, it's so diminishing. Mm. It's so reductive. And not true Mm. and you know a part of my conspiracy brain wants to go into this word was introduced to our society through and meant to program us into believing that there is a right way to be and so that we constantly struggle to achieve the unachievable which is some kind of normality which does not Mm. exist so rather than saying You know, this person got specially selected and has all these amazing abilities and I'm some normal underling. I call bullshit on that. You are not. I am not. I'm weird and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm weird and I love it. And uh, you have unique special abilities. I have unique special abilities. Tim, Monica, everybody watching, every single person on the planet comes in with a unique signature which is why you can't be duplicated. Like really, you have a unique frequency in signature. It's something I talk about a lot in School for Spirit. Mm. But, but my point is here, um, don't be dismissive of yourself to say that your experience is normal. Your experience is not normal. Nobody's had that but you. And you have to go back to the idea of the giant room. Remember, with perspective. Mm. So even though Rach and I stand very close to each other, in this giant room called perspective. Even she and I are having different perspectives of life, right? So here's the thing with um, kids who come in with different abilities than you're expecting. Is there simply like, they might be having a perspective from the ceiling looking down while we're standing on the floor looking up, right? That's it. That's the But we're, you know, we're in the box called human, Mm -hmm. human being. So we're, that's what we all share in common. And then just understanding that um, no matter how similar a person seems to you, ability wise or other, they are different Mm -hmm. and they have a different perspective and your perspective is also different and unique. And um, there, there's no way to categorize that as normal. It can't be mm. normal. If nobody shares what you see, how you experience, what you grew up with, what your tastes are, how you taste, how you smell, see, and touch, nobody can share that with you. So how could you be normal? How could anyone be normal? Mm. Impossible. It's fake. It's a lie. Don't believe it. Normal is, illusion. A, is a mm-hmm. word. It's an illusion. And it's an mm-hmm. illusion that's crumbling fast. Yep. Exactly. What is normal? <laughs> I don't <laughs> right? no, I, I don't know. The, the true answer
1: to that is, I really don't know what normal is, But interesting that we have many mm, professionals who, who've got a scale. So and this is something that I'm, this is what I need my tribe. I need my, my Therese to keep me in this space of there's nothing fucking normal. Everything is perfect because it, it's when you get into the, the system, there is a very clear for them. This is normal. This is not. And they're the terms that they use. So you know, I will do my best to stay in this space of, yes, it's all, it's all perfect. But they're
0: also part of a system. And- that's part of an old paradigm, yeah. which is a dinosaur and it has to adapt. And it, it does in some places, but it so doesn't in others.
1: Yeah. And so it, yeah. Ha- it,
0: it really does have to do with a certain amount of control. If I can make you afraid that your son is not normal and you believe that there is such a thing to achieve as normal, right? Then I've got you kind of living in fear and trusting me. Mm. Cause I've told you, I know the truth and there's normal. Mm. When it's a lie. It's a means yep. of control.
1: So yeah, staying away from the label. Allowing the support. So there'll be some things I can do that can can minimize the harder challenges for Jackson ourselves. And that's the stuff that I'm gonna be doing. And um Tim, thank you for sharing. He said his son Bailey, who's seven, has had some quirks that they thought were a bit odd, walking everywhere on walking everywhere on his tippy toes, putting things in his mouth constantly, not being able to sit still. <laughs> jacks um freaking out when interruptions to routine thankfully i don't have a routine with him i'm now i'm not going to (laughs) struggles to form his letters when writing gripping his pencil easily distracted so when we have had him tested yesterday haven't got the report but the ot has said that there is some asd tendencies there so he's also on a similar journey with me which is honestly there are a lot of people on this journey so
0: in some way i have more So Monica, sharing her stories, she has a 30-year-old special needs brother, and he is amazing. Mm -hmm. He's literally an angel on earth. He does not have the mental capacity of a quote-unquote normal 30-year-old, but he is the most loving, social, Mm. outgoing person I know. I admire his pure heart and pure innocence. I have a lot of experience with this and can tell you that it is a challenge, but God does not give us anything that we cannot handle. You were chosen to have this special angel as well. By the way, a couple of my very good friends I've met at college are autistic. One of my buddies is a genius and 10 times smarter than me. I love them. Um, Trupti says, I feel kids come to teach us. Our daughter is 10 and she was a bit easy. She finds joy in little moments. Our four-year-old son was delayed speech. And I feel he is teaching me patience. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Patience. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, first of all, <clears throat> one of the things we're talking about in numerology right now is the fact that we come in with certain strengths and weaknesses. And mm. it's not the strengths that are the most important, but rather the weaknesses, because that's what we came here to develop, mm. right? Now, think about this. If you need to develop consistency or commitment, like sticking like instead of being a jack of all trades but honing in your focus who better to teach you than a master of focus Mm -hmm. right if you're trying to if you came here to develop patience and understanding who better to teach you than a person who requires the utmost patience from you
1: now my brain's going okay what can i need to learn that's going to make this easier
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, and again, it comes back to, um, understanding yourself, Mm. understanding yourself, understanding other people, self-compassion, because if you think that you're going to get it just because you figured out that's what you need to learn, you are fooling yourself again, because, you know, yes, it could be an easier lesson, right? Because you're more aware. You're like, Oh, right. Patience. Patience, patience,
1: <laughs> right? Ah, uh, with the fucking so wine?
0: that can be easier, but it doesn't mean your nerves won't be tested to sure. the limit, right? When they're freaking out at you and you have absolutely no idea why,
1: mm. this is where um, my so, is going to come
0: in very handy. Absolutely, um, and and being present is the key. Right? (laughs) Right, ghost. Being present is the key. My door's opening without Okay. Hi. (laughs) Okay. Being present is the key. Therese, be present right now.
1: Forget about the door (laughs) opening.
0: Well that's happening too. So (laughs) don't look behind you. I can see myself on the screen and it's slightly terrifying. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, don't look. any you can handle anything that's in front of you for real mm. what you can't handle is projecting yourself so far into the future into a reality that hasn't happened yet and trying to solve the problems there mm. he is not a 30-year-old man he is not a 10-year-old boy right he is the age he is right now and he's doing fine. He's doing great. He, he doesn't know anything is different no. in his world.
1: He's got a fantastic world.
0: He is so in his world. So let that <laughs> be Christmas. right. Let's the, the, the trick is, you know, is he better off having, you know, mm. or not yet? Mm. That's the question I would ask. And I, and that's where <laughs> contemplation comes in. Will, will he be better off with me stressing out and worrying than before when I was like, that's cool. Quick. Like, what is that about? Right. So trying to stay present with the idea rather than, and you know, it's, it's going to be the medical professions job to tell you what to look for down the line. This could happen. Mm-hmm. They have to say that. The, the thing is we tend to take that home, right? We box it up like, like food after a meal and bring it home with us. And we gnaw on it. We don't like it anymore, but we're <laughs> We're eating that. We stop being present with what's happening, which is your son wants to give you affection in the way that he gives affection. Yeah, he will allow right?
1: allow me to hold him while he feeds the bottle or lay on me. That's, that's the limit. We can't turn him around and cuddle him, but he will allow us to just lay there while he lays on us and feed him his bottle. I cherish that. That's He's him. Been. I actually I was talking to a friend this morning and it's those little things like where for a, I nearly said normal Normal. (laughs) Other children you know they tend to you know want to sit on you to get cuddles and all that sort of stuff because he doesn't do that I actually cherish those moments so even though many other babies are holding their bottles and they don't need mum and dad to sit there and feed them I'm glad he doesn't do that because I cherish that time when I have to feed him the bottle I sit down I he lays on me yeah, he's facing the other direction, but thankfully, he'll let me kiss him to death because that's the only time I get to do it completely and a thousand times. But I cherish those moments. So, um, and he's only just recently started to put his hands up to be picked up, not because he wants to be hugged, because he wants to be turned around and faced out so he can see more. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> but that that fleeting moment, that moment where he w- puts his hands up to be picked up and he actually looks at me, that moment, you know, that five or ten minutes where he sits on me still while drinking his bottle so I can kiss him to death. Those things become gold. No, it's the little things that we now so, so appreciate because he doesn't do those things very often at all.
0: Well, and you need to also recognize that's his way of sharing affection. Mm -hmm. That's what his affection looks like. And I think that he's consciously making the choice to sit on you and not because he can't hold his own bottle, but that's when he Mm. feels comfortable displaying affection. Yeah. That's true. Right. And so, and it's smart. It's smart to stop and be with that moment. I remember just having my first kid and I'm sure every mother on the planet has heard this, but you know, you're hanging out with your baby and someone comes by and they're like, treasure these moments because they go so fast. I mean, how many times do people say that to you? Well, I took it pretty seriously. And I was like, oh, I'm treasure these. <laughs> and they're just going to go fast. I better treasure this moment. At the time it felt like it went on forever mm-hmm. but even now you know having a three-year-old um he fell asleep in my arms the other night and just totally crashed out and had him in a little blankie um and i looked down and i was like oh i miss having a baby mm-hmm. like a, a baby 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 and then i looked at my husband and i said no more babies no, it's just, <laughs> i but just like in it. this moment we can just right. right. a baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and it's
1: true. Like I, I you know my eldest is 20, nearly 21. My middle child is 13, nearly 14. And now I've got a 16 month old. So I've, you know, I totally understand how quickly it actually goes. So I am enjoying and <laughs> like really soaking up as much as I can with Jackson in around work, but I love
0: those times. I love them. But, I mean, and being present is just a key in life. It's like, mm-hmm. you want to know how to win at life. Be present. present.
1: Absolutely. Uh, sh- looking at the time, shall we open up for questions before we wrap up for today?
0: Talk, talk, talk. Yeah, let's. We'll open it to questions. I'm gonna read one of Troopdy's comments. She said a friend of ours whose son has speech delayed um, had a really bad experience with a delayed speech group. We put. Um, I think she's saying she put her son in just daycare with kids his age, not a speech delayed group. Mm. Well, and you know, here's the thing is when you start looking for support here, maybe we should talk about that, but when you start looking for support, Mm. I think you're going to need to be really in tune with what you want, right? Not, I wouldn't take any support that comes because here's Mm. the thing, not everybody is going to be thinking like you. If you're here, you're already in tune with your intuition you already understand holistic intelligence. So you know there's a lot more to this Mm. than what the mind wants to do. So you do, you kind of need to be really picky and choosy here because there are going to be places where, yes, it says support, but they're going to be supporting wallowing in, Mm. you know, wallowing in a situation, wallowing in the labels, right? Really like focusing on the struggle, on how Mm. hard it is, Um, So, yeah, you need to be extra careful with that around these subjects because you kind of open a Pandora's box of experience here. You really need to know what kind of experience, what kind of support do you want.
1: Yeah, and I've already started to notice that, like as I'm asking for ideas and support and resources because I really want to see what's possible. And then I will feel into what feels right for him. I know I will. Um, And it's the people that I'm talking to, uh, you know, there's certainly... A difference in them i'm looking for connecting with people who have positive experiences or here's what it was like for me so i can get an inside idea as to what it is like for him so it makes me it makes, helps it me to understand him better so no i definitely don't want to be um you know wallowing in the, the label and oh how hard it is And uh, no no okay yeah these are some of the things that may come up and how did you handle those what
0: yeah. tips, tips,
1: hints have you got that could help me if he gets to be like that, that I can try all these things until I find what works?
0: Yeah, so, so I would say be, be really discriminating and approach it from the standpoint of um, how you think, how you want to think, where you're trying to take your own um, experience, right? Because you, it could be easy to get sucked back into a storyline that you're not really Mm. interested in. Right. And then, but you feel like you need the support and you want to be around people who understand the perspective. Yep. And and I get that. I totally get that because we feel a little bit safer Mm. when we've got a Sherpa, right? Someone who's climbed autism mountain before you can help Sherpa you up it. That feels really good but you don't want it to be the one who's like, and everybody dies at base camp five. You know? Let me
1: tell you about the, the worst case scenarios and <coughs> yeah, you know, right? a thousand times this has happened. No, I, I definitely don't want to do that. So yeah, you're right. And I have without even realizing it been focused on the, the people and the stories where it's empowering, where it helps me to understand or gain access to resources that help me to, you know, things I can do with him. Even before we know fully what's, technically going on but i feel like it's going to be more than that
0: well and and my i guess the final thing i would say is never forget that you are in 100 percent control of your perspective and you have the ability to hand that over to somebody else and it might be tempting at times especially when they have a lot of important letters behind their name to say okay your perspective is the right one Mm. your perspective the one that you choose.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and that's one thing I've known from the beginning is um, to trust my instincts with him because there's been many, and I've seen the proof in that. There's many a time where I've gone, no, shouldn't do that, can't do that, that's not right, and I've been right. I've been absolutely right when it comes to him. So I already know that I have to honour whatever comes up for me in terms of what feels good, what feels right, but also what doesn't feel right for him. And um, this is going to be a journey that him and I and, and Kerry are on, or our family are on very much together. That you know, some of it will follow the path, and other parts of it are not going to follow the path—not the traditional path—because um, I don't feel that like that's the full story.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. I absolutely agree.
1: So, I don't everybody.
0: see That's okay. I don't see any questions. That's
1: fine. <laughs> but I wanted to say thank you to everybody who followed us on their today's show, even if you're watching the recording. Thank you very much for all of the support, the love, and. And whatnot, and I want to share that same support and love to everybody, because it's everybody's on a very unique journey. We all have curveballs. We all have amazing, very unique children. So, thank you for the love, and it is for every one of us.
0: Absolutely, and let go of normal. That's just—it's it's an yes, illusion. <laughs> there really isn't. It's and I there. mean, I am so excited to be living in a time where we're watching it break down as a society. Mm. How exciting, right? Mm. How, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like invigorating, but freeing. Mm. To be freed from such a reductive label. Yeah, We're all unique stars in the beautiful sky. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. All right. So until next time, relax. We got this. Okay. Thanks for listening to the show. To learn more about Rach and Therese and all of our awesome offerings, go to spirit four success.com or find us on Facebook. In fact, why not join our kick-ass and sparkly group, Kickass and Sparkly Lady Penewers Unite. Until next time, relax. We got this.